Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am Janelle, your host for this inaugural episode of our brand new podcast. If you've been following Speak Healing Words, the podcast with me over this last, oh boy, a couple years actually now, I welcome you back. If you're new, hi, I'm Janelle. I hope we become fast friends. I'm a trauma-informed therapist, board-certified life coach, specializing in marriage and family systems and women's issues. I'm an author. I'm a mama of three 30-somethings. I'm a mother-in-law to a sweet daughter-in-law and two son-in-laws, and I'm a wife to Rob, and we've been married 36 years. I love the power of words. I love how words can change the course of a day, and they can change the course of a life. But I have a brand new book coming out very soon, and I'm so excited about it, Stronger Every Day, Nine Tools for an Emotionally Healthy You. So I just wanted to expand our conversation from the power of words to the power of our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies. And I wanted to reintroduce, because we've talked a lot about the concept of a heart lift on the podcast in many, many ways, but I wanted to just develop this concept even more as I'm developing it more in my next book. It was introduced in Overcoming Hurtful Words, Rewrite Your Story, and I found this concept evolve and unfold before me when I was sitting in the office of my plastic surgeon, who is also my skin cancer doctor, and I love him so much, and he's just taken me through so many difficult skin cancer surgeries. And I was sitting in his office just waiting for a checkup on how I was doing. And I noticed on Time Magazine, the very front of a Time Magazine, and it was talking about plastic surgery and how much money that we spend annually in our country on self-improvement, which is great. But what I thought about after I left the office and was driving down the road, coming home, I thought, you know, Isn't what women need, what we all need more than anything, a heart lift? Because in my private practice, I work on a daily basis with broken hearts, with a lot of broken families, with broken relationships, with broken systems. And so that was whirring around in my mind. And I just thought, you know, I've noticed that when the heart heals, when the family system heals, When relationships are restored, something happens to the countenance. When the heart heals, a woman's face, a family's face, a system's face seems to lift and become more beautiful, more filled with light, more accessible, more comfortable, more contented. And it's it has a radiant effect on everything in that person's sphere of influence. And so today I add to my 
list of who I am in the world and how I move in the world and what I give to the world, I call myself a professional heart lifter. Yeah. I want to come into everyone's life in my sphere of influence and somehow be a light, be a radiant presence that lifts their spirits, lifts their hearts, and actually makes their day better. That's what we're going to do here. I want our time together to actually help you experience the power of a heart lift. I want to enable you, equip you, educate you to stand in the center of your spheres of influence, whether it's one person or a million people, that you stand in the center of your spheres of influence as a heart lifter, as someone who creates a safe space for whoever is standing with them, sitting with them, moving through life with them, that those people or that person experiences safety, they feel seen, known, loved, and they have an innate sense of belonging that enables them to move through their life then in a better way. That's what a heart lifter does. And that's what we're going to do here. I want you to just be able to be in this space, whether you're driving in the car, walking, running, taking a break out back from homeschooling or working or life, just where you can find a safe space in which to learn how to share difficult places in your life that you may have been or that you may find yourself in right now, that you may be able to grapple with that, wrestle with that, and somehow move through what I call the Heartlift Method, three phases of a Heartlift journey where you can reflect on your past, bring it into the present, make sense of it, make meaning of it, make peace with it, so that you can leave that in your past history and move into the present with mindfulness and awareness and health in order to craft and create a vision for your future that's filled with freedom, authenticity, joy, faith. And so welcome to the journey. Welcome to the Heartlift journey. It's a good one. And I'm so happy to be your guide and serve as your professional heart lifter as you move through the phases. On the heart lift journey, we're committed to the threefold cord of emotional health and wellness, which I believe serves as the fundamental for spiritual health and wellness as well. And that is a healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. And when we practice this threefold cord in our life, everything in our life is healthy. And a healthy life is a really happy and holy life. And so a couple of years ago, I was divinely invited to serve as an SME, a subject matter expert, for global health education. This is a adult learning, online learning format. That's where I teach online college courses. I teach life coaching, Christian counseling, counseling basics. And I was honored and terrified at the same time to actually curate a program from the ground up. 
I stepped out in courage. I took a big girl breath and I developed my first curriculum for an adult online art appreciation course, lovingly titled Have Eyes to See. And then for my second curriculum development, I was asked to create a course called Effective Personal and Organizational Communication. To this day, I don't think I've ever written anything I've been more proud of and more satisfied with. But of course, in order to see or take that course, you have to be an online student with the college I wrote it for. So I can't really share it with you, my readers, because it's a course that I created. But one day I'm going to recreate that course, make it my own, and make it available to you. And in that course, it involved a 30-day final project for the students that I lovingly called the Practice of Gratitude. Can I just say that developing those two courses had a profound effect on my daily life in two significant ways, and I share these two with you today. I started living my daily life with eyes wide open, a wide awake life, intentionally looking for little flashes of God's love and beauty along the path of my ordinary day. At the time, I was walking through a dark decade, actually, a very dark valley with my dear mama who had brain surgery, hip repair surgery, hip replacement surgery, and a host of other medical traumas. And I was facing the challenging life transition of helping her leave the independence of her life behind and moving into an assisted living facility. And then finally, I had to sell her car. So having eyes to see was a lifeline for me. Believe me, when you set the intention in your life to see the good before you, it shows up in astounding ways. The second profound significant change I experienced was I started practicing gratitude. You know, I gave that project to my students and no teacher is going to really be a great teacher without experiencing the lesson herself. So I took that 30-day challenge, the practice of gratitude, and I implemented that in my own life. And I extended that part of that course to you, to my online friends, and to my community on my blog. And I am now today, drum roll please, fanfare and clapping. We are reintroducing that today In this series, our very first series on the Today's Heartlift with Janelle podcast is going to be called, are you ready? Lean in, The More Series, M-O-R-E. So I'm combining a past project and my one word for the year, which this year was more. And more defined means a greater amount, an additional amount or degree. So what do you need more of? I started on January 1st, 2020, thinking, well, this is going to be the greatest year ever because it means perfect vision 2020, right? With more as my one word, and I wanted more faith, more trust, more joy, more peace, more happiness, more empathy, more optimism. And guess what? Yeah, you know, 
Welcome to COVID-19, a global pandemic. Racial injustice magnified. Welcome to a year of more. Not like I expected at all. Never, never in a million thoughts could I, and I have a vivid imagination, could I have imagined how the word more would have unfolded for me personally and then for the globe, the global community. So I want to invite you now into some of the lessons that I've learned throughout this global pandemic since February of 2020, latter part of February. We're now here in fall, October 2020. So we've had quite a few months of hunkering down, lockdown, being introduced to a whole new Zoom world. I've had a Zoom wedding with my oldest daughter, a Zoom funeral for my dear mama, who did contract COVID-19 and died of complications. Never in a million years would I ever have expected my dear mama that she would pass from a complication of a global pandemic. Never, never, never. She was a tough woman. Yet she did. Yet she did. You know, we live encumbered. I love the word encumbered. We live encumbered with a cacophony of voices. Be more. Do more. Say more. Get more. 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 These voices confuse us, and they can call us away from our true God-breathed self. I always, in my practice, lead and guide my clients to John 10, a beautiful passage in the Gospels about the Good Shepherd and the voice of the Good Shepherd. And I encourage you here to perhaps take a moment. Oh, goodness, I'm just going to take a moment right now because that's just what we do. So give me just a moment. I'm going to pause. I'm going to grab my Bible. And I'm going to take a moment to introduce you to one of our beautiful practices here in our heartlifting community Lexio Divina, which is divine reading. Go back into our archives and you can see a beautiful podcast episode on Lexio Divina. And I'm going to read through a portion of John 10 twice. This first time, I just want you to maybe close your eyes unless you're driving or walking. If you're able to close your eyes, just close your eyes and let the words of John 10 serve as an invitation to you to participate in this chapter, to transport back to the words and the time where these words were being spoken and see what whispers you hear. Are you ready? I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep 
follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Maybe pause the podcast for a moment and just take that in, just for a moment. And when you're ready, hit play. I'm going to read it one more time. I'm not going to read it all the way through this time. I'm going to stop midway through and, and just see if you hear any whispers. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Hmm. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And I just want to take pause there. Here, in this beautiful, heart-lifting community, we want more discernment, more capacity to really be able to hear not only our shepherd's voice, the one true voice, God's voice, his son Jesus's voice, the power of the Spirit's voice. We want to acutely attune our ears to the one true voice. And we want to then attune our ears to our voice. When we know our voice, then that noisy world out there, that cacophony of voices, and some of them are really good voices, but they're not the one true voice. 
We want to get to know more of our voice because our voice in this community equates with value, worth, and dignity. And many of us along our journey in life, we have lost our voice. Or maybe we've never even known our voice. I certainly am one of those. But I have come to find my voice, find my value, my worth, and my dignity. And I have more awareness of my God-breathed destiny than ever before in my life. And I'm so glad that I can be a voice in your life as well. You know, this more, more, more syndrome in our world, social scientists call this a hedonic treadmill. What the heck is that? A hedonic treadmill is the more we get, the more we want, the more we want, the more unhappy we are. This metaphor for the idea that an individual's level of happiness tends to return to where it started is called a set point. Regardless of good fortune or negative life events that we might experience, the process by which positive or negative effects on happiness fade over time is called hedonic adaptation. So hedonic comes from the root hedonism or hedon, And it just means something relating to or considered in terms of pleasant or unpleasant sensations. And I borrow that understanding of hedonic treadmill from the article on psychology today, The Making of a Grateful Mind by Denise Fournier, Dr. Denise Fournier. And so one way that we can get off of that hedonic treadmill is to practice gratitude. And there's been so much written on gratitude. I understand that. But I am wanting to once again invite you onto this beautiful 30-day journey, which I am calling a grateful mind. More gratitude so that we can have a grateful mind is going to be where we start in this more series. I'm just going to introduce it today, and then we'll move more into a comprehensive look at it in our next episode. So stay tuned. Gratitude defined is a readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness to. Wow. And then readiness. When we look at what the word readiness means, it's very interesting. And I'm going to turn my page here, so bear with me. Readiness is just such a beautiful word. It's a noun and it means the state of being fully prepared for something, a willingness, fitness. So as we talk about gratitude being a readiness, right? It's a state of being fully prepared to show appreciation for and to return kindness to others. So The practice of gratitude is a state of mind. It's a state of being. And I love what Charlotte Bronte, she writes these words. For my part, I am almost contented just now and very thankful. Gratitude is a divine emotion. It fills the heart, but not to bursting. It warms the heart, but not to fever. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because, you know, gratitude is... It's just that. Charlotte says it so well. It's not a bursting. It's not a fever. 
Gratitude is a way of being. It's a way of life. It's waking up in the morning. Many experts all agree that if you start your day with five things you're grateful for, your brain fires on a whole different cylinder than it would if you woke up complaining, moaning, groaning, begrudging the day. A dear 95-year-old woman, beautiful woman, Cordelia, shared with me that the way she had the positive outlook she has, now she's probably even older than that. This was a few years ago, and she's still with us. I just love it. She's like, wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad in it. It's her proclamation of intention. We're also told to keep a gratitude journal, and we will talk about that. We're also told to just switch your point of view, right? Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react. So how do we get off this hedonic treadmill of more? We practice gratitude. We ask for more joy, more love, more peace, more patience. We ask for more of those qualities and virtues and practices in life that actually lead us to more meaningfulness and more purpose. So I offer today this one question. How do you look at the world? What frame are you looking at the world through? Are you waking up in the morning with a framework of pessimism, of complaint, of discontent, dissatisfaction? Are you waking up with a framework of unhealthy emotions that perhaps you have swept under the rug for so, so long that now there's a mountain in the middle of your bedroom? Or are you waking up with a framework of optimism, faith, truth, a framework of gratitude? Are you waking up with a framework of readiness, a state of being to show appreciation and to return kindness to the world in which you live? Is that your framework? Examine your framework. How are you waking up? It'll make a huge difference in your life. And in my life and work, sometimes Well, most of the time, I have to make an adjustment to that frame, right? Or I have to get a new set of glasses. I have to pay attention. I have to make an intention to pay attention (laughs) to behaviors and communication patterns that are depleting my energy, that are depleting my optimism and making me more pessimistic. Asking myself, Are these things in my life adding value to my life? Are these things in my life leading me to a healthier state of mind? Are these things feeding my soul and mind and bringing positive growth? So as you examine your framework, what framework are you looking through? Just to give you an example, in case you're a little like, I don't really get what you're saying, Janelle. Most of my life, I looked through the framework of insecure attachment. I looked at life through the framework I had developed as a child of an alcoholic. I looked at life through the framework of codependency and people-pleasing and not knowing my voice and not having a voice, not speaking up. I looked at life through the framework of perfectionism. If I just do better, daddy will stop drinking 
Mommy will be happy and everything will be okay. But as I move through my own heart lift journey, my framework changed and I put on new glasses and I saw clearer. I now possess earned secure attachment. I now possess a wholeness that I don't have to people please anymore because I'm whole and I'm happy and I'm very secure in my personhood and in my relationship with God myself, which then enables me to be more present in my life. And it has brought tremendous meaning and purpose, but it has been a journey. It has been a hard journey at times. So I leave you today with just that challenge. Look at the framework through which you look at your life and how you wake up in the day. How are you waking up? Are you waking up with a practice of gratitude on your lips? Maybe so. Then join me next time as we develop this 30 days of gratitude practice so that we can have a grateful mind that will in turn make everyone in our sphere of influence be better as well. Until then, do not forget, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRardin.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity. Thank you.